everyone, and a huge welcome to the Dedicate Podcast, the wellbeing podcast to help you to get the most out of your life. We discuss health, fitness, relationships, self-love and body image, mental health, motherhood, and more. Dedicate is the online health and fitness community for busy women. Join us with your two-week free trial at kateivyfitness.com. I'm your host, Kate Ivy, and I love hearing people's stories. I love hearing about them reaching rock bottom. I love hearing about their struggles because it is then that we learn and grow, and that is how greatness is created. Today, I'm chatting to two incredible women who have themselves hit rock bottom, and it was from that place that their very successful business was born. They share their incredible stories and give us their life lessons. They'll inspire you to not compare yourself to others or even yourself and encourage you to think about exercise and food as nourishment, as health and wellness rather than restriction. Introducing the two Raw Sisters, Margot and Rosa Flanagan. Hi Rosa, hi Margot, great to have you here. Thanks for having us Kate, it's good to be on here. Nice to be here. So I love hearing people's stories, Um, so I'm just going to cut straight to the chase. Rosa, you were an elite athlete, you went to the world champs. Yes, yeah, so I I was an elite athlete for about eight years and it all kind of started when I went to high school and I got introduced to running. I'd never had an interest in it before, um, but obviously being at high school, you get introduced to a whole lot of new activities um, like triathlon and athletics and cross country and then you can go to Canterbury's and then you can go to nationals. And I kind of developed a bit of a passion around running in particular. And my best friend was into it as well. And we decided to get a coach and start an actual training program. And that soon developed into a more intense training program and I remember I eventually won nationals and from then on I got a lot I got very obsessed around how much training I was doing um, and my times and that became a huge obsession in my life and I developed REDS which is relative energy deficiency in sport so that's where you've got low bone density um amenorrhea when you don't hit your period before 21 years old and I had low energy availability and that was literally all through pushing my body to its absolute limits every single day I would never feel like my training was good enough or that I was doing enough day to day so whatever was on my program I'd always do more but obviously wouldn't tell my coach this so she wasn't the factor in me developing all of these health issues, it was literally me putting all this pressure on myself. What age did this start? Um, so I was about 14 years old when I started. Um, so obviously hadn't developed. Um, so I was pushing my body every single day in this poor, wee, undeveloped body. And that then led to me not going through puberty until I was about 22 years old after I had stopped and um, allowed my body to recover. So yeah, it just became this huge vicious cycle and I was not having time for friends and family. I wouldn't have enough energy to go out in the weekends. Um, All I was focused on was literally my running and that was it. It was, you know, I look back and it was very selfish of me, but in some way as well, that's what you kind of needed to be to be a successful athlete. But there's a fine line between overdoing it as well 
creating that balance in your life. And I definitely didn't have that balance. And people around me, like my support team, um, my parents, my family, they were all kind of screaming out at me to slow down and take a step back. But obviously, my goal and vision was to make the Com Games and the Olympics and keep representing my country. And I was going to do everything and anything to do that. Um, and then eventually, obviously, I hit rock bottom and got really sick and I developed all of these injuries so I had stress fractures in my hips and in my all down my legs so I had I was forced to stop running myself and I got told by my endocrinologist that you know if I don't stop now and do anything about it she doesn't know what my future is going to look like in terms of having kids and my bone density and things like that so that really hit me hard and just one day I turned a switch and thought I can't keep doing this to my body and I need to make a change and yeah started doing that and then that's a big part of my recovery process was talking to others about my journey um, because it's such a big thing in sport not only in females but in males as well um, so just creating awareness around the topic and not making it something that people feel like they need to hide from other people so that's been awesome and yeah it was pretty hard talking about it first off but now I'm pretty used to it it's amazing I can tell it's still you can still feel the emotion though it's crazy because you you know that feels like another life to me but really it's only been about four years out of it so yeah I look back and obviously I was happy with what I achieved and I didn't I was going to go to the Olympics in the Com Games and right before I got injured um, for both occasions and that was really gut-wrenching and obviously I got up again and pushed my body and that's when it kind of all broke down again and yeah I realized that it doesn't define who you are and that was me I was always defined as a runner and what my performances were and where I was in the world and what races were coming up next and I was always doing it for other people not myself and yeah you soon realize that that's not what life's all about. So when did you realize Rosa that you had hit rock bottom? Um, well, obviously, I, it's, it's a funny thing because when I was competing in, at my lowest body weight, I got down to about 42 kgs when I was 18, 20 years old. And I was running at my best just before I hit rock bottom. There's that fine line again between, you know, runners are more efficient um, if they've got a lower body weight, but then for a developing female, that's not what you want because you've got to go through puberty and you've got to have a certain amount of fat on your body um but yeah being an extreme low body weight I was ended up being really efficient on the running track um but obviously my body couldn't handle it anymore so I hit rock bottom and I suppose my time off running was when I really realized um obviously you can't run when you've got stress fractures in both of your hips so I had a lot of time out of it and our uncle actually um, committed suicide during that time and it really made me realize because I was going to go overseas um, when this all happened and I was going to you know not go through the whole grieving process with my family and it really made me sit down and realize what the hell am I doing with my life I should be here with my family I'm really obviously hurt from what's happened but I'm pushing it aside because my running is my main focus everything just kind of came crashing down on me and I was came to realization really and I Did you, was, was it sort of like a realization that there was more to life than running it was suddenly totally. yeah yeah 
that showed me that everything really did evolve around my running and it shouldn't be that way. Something terrible has happened and I need to be with my family and running can be put on the back burner. It's not the be all end all. So I ended up staying home with my family and obviously grieved with them for the next few months, the next months. And yeah, after that, I kind of then decided to stop running in general because my body couldn't do it anymore. So, and the part about getting the red, so you, you went through puberty only four years ago. Yes. Yeah. And you're how old now? Um, I am 25 going on 26. Yeah. Yeah, So about 21, 22 years old was when I went through it. It sucks having gone through all of that at such an old age, Mm. but I mean, that's what, that's the sacrifices that I made. And again, it's so common in females, they're pushing their bodies to the absolute limits at such a young age. And the thought of putting on any body fat, growing boobs, having a period is seen as not being a successful elite athlete. And so would you say you had an eating disorder? Yes. Yeah. So I had, yeah, I had an eating disorder as well which then kind of evolved into reds and it was all, yeah, it's a vicious cycle. You end up training more, you're eating less, um, you become really particular with what you're putting in your body. And that was me every single day, not putting enough in um, and putting way too much out. And how was the recovery afterwards? Like, did it take very long? Yeah, so my endocrinologist, when she told me that I needed to make a change, I obviously I'm such a strong person and then I had this mindset around me wanting to make change and to get my body back to where it should be and here I am today and I'm healthier and stronger and yeah yeah so there were those physical changes that needed to happen how long was the mental recovery to be honest I'm still I still battle with day to day I think having had an eating disorder and going through what I went through, it, you never fully recover. You always thought it's going through it. But I think the main thing is, is that I'm aware of it and I know the actions I need to take when I have these thoughts popping up into my head. You know, I'm for example, I'm training for the Queenstown Half Marathon at the moment and it's such a mental struggle and challenge for me to actually do it everyone says like oh you're a runner you'll be fine but for me having this mindset of running the marathon half marathon and enjoying it and like it's taken me since I retired three two three years ago I haven't run a running race of that kind of sort since then because I've always known running and being high intensity is this a trying to make this a no pressure event so you've you haven't got a goal you're just doing it like the goal is to enjoy and compete literally the goal is to compete and enjoy it and I've got no time that I want to make I the challenge for me is just to go in there have fun go yeah. it with my friends and be proud of completing it pretty much I'm running for myself not for other people Oh, that's amazing, Rosa. Thank you so much for sharing that and good luck for having fun in Queenstown. So everyone's sort of got a story. Well, Rosa's definitely got a story, but you are no different, Margot. 
Yeah, no, my um, story is very different to Rose's, actually, like couldn't be any polar opposite. I have um, chronic fatigue and endometriosis. So um, while Rosa was running around the tracks, I was in bed for two years. So that was a fun time. I um, went on a world challenge to Costa Rica and Nicaragua. And when I was, how would I have been, 16? And I came home and I never really recovered from my jet lag. And, so sorry, um, what's a world challenge? What do you mean? What's a um, a world challenge is like where you go overseas and you help people in need. And we built um, classrooms for a school and we gave them water supply for 24 hours rather than the two hours they had a day. Wow. So um, I'm I'm really into that sort of stuff. So it was that was really satisfying and cool but yeah when I got home I was super tired all the time and it was really weird it kind of just flicked a switch for me and um yeah at that point I went to so many different health professionals and they were telling me there was nothing I could do and it took them about six months to actually diagnose me with chronic fatigue so um going into year 12 at school but chronic fatigue is a really weird illness like nothing detects it. So you go through so many blood tests and all these things and everything comes back normal and you kind of hit a point where you think you're going mentally crazy because everyone's telling you there's nothing they can do and you're fine, but you know you're not fine. So um, yeah, I finally got diagnosed with chronic fatigue and when I got diagnosed, I hit a huge rock bottom. I was pretty much bedridden for a year I'd walk 50 meters to the lounge and be totally exhausted for the rest of the day. That kind of went on, yeah, for a good year. And then I spent maybe half days at school in year 13, but still like super tired. So, um, yeah, that's kind of been my life for a little bit. I don't think I've, I've definitely learned to manage it, but haven't necessarily like fully bounced back. I can't do high intensity training can't work too much because I just get super exhausted yeah a big thing for me with my recovery journey was gut health and that's um, what kind of sparked my passion for food I've never really been into food I've always been kind of um, photography design and fashion that's kind of been my thing through learning the power of the gut and what it can do to your body was so intriguing to me I had yeah, five years of, of health professionals here telling me there was nothing I could do. And we went over to study in America for three months. And I met a lady over there and she introduced me to gut health. And within three months, my chronic fatigue had pretty much like wow. got an 80% better. And it's also crazy that can be experiencing these things. And they say there's nothing that can help you when there when there really is. I know. I know. It's, um, it's so nuts. And that's, where the whole yeah the whole food thing comes into play and I had a fungal overgrowth in my stomach and that meant that all the food I was eating they were feeding off it so it was just getting bigger and bigger and was craving carbs and sugars and that's what the fungal overgrowth feeds off so um yeah I went through this huge healing journey over in the states and came back a different person really yeah from there it's just all about managing it. Like I said, reevaluating my lifestyle and foods and things like that. And then I got diagnosed with endometriosis last year. So I have always had really bad period pain, but 
never really done anything about it. I think everyone thinks period pain's normal, right? But it's the more and more I researched into it, the more I know that it's so not normal and a woman shouldn't be experiencing period pain. Yeah, my friend had just got out of endosurgery and I was like having a really bad cramp day and I was like, shit, maybe I have endo. And I went to see a gynecologist and two weeks later I was having surgery and they found out I had endometriosis. So um, that was a big turning point for me. I think mentally endo so weird, like I didn't know I had it. And then I found out I had it, but I didn't have it because I just had surgery to remove it. So yeah. it was quite mentally. So you kind of never <laughs> actually had it, but yet you did. Confusing. Yeah. So sorry, um, just going back a wee bit, I'm just sort of picturing you guys at high school. So did you, so Rosa was an athlete and you were always tired, Margot. Did you ever feel like a sense of like pressure coming in behind Rosa? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I kind of got into running as well a little bit I've I'm not a competitive person Rose is super competitive and I'm not but I just kind of ran because I was always known as the runner's sister and I was like my name's actually Margot I have a name yeah (laughs) I I am a person so um that's when I kind of just started running I think being the younger sister you follow in your older siblings footsteps and that was just what I did I played hockey during the winter hockey was my sport but during the summer, um, kind of did athletics and I trained with Rosa's coach. And that was kind of where Rosa and I became worst enemies at a stage because I was deep in my chronic fatigue, yet still trying to keep up with the running training, but no, full knowing my body couldn't cope. And then mm. Rosa was in a vicious cycle of obsessive training and things like that and trying to reach her um, huge goals. Yeah. So yeah, we were both kind of pushing each other in the total wrong way. And, and it's amazing um, to see where you are now after that. Now we're best friends. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We're, it's really interesting as we grow older and we actually are doing things for ourselves and realize what mm. how different our bodies are, mm. how different we realize we are, like in terms mm. of our personalities. And, and actually our embracing that rather than you know, you trying to be like Rosa or Rosa thinking. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's what siblings do. You know, they try to compete against each other. But I think people in general, everyone tries to be like someone else that they look up to. But and like for me, you know, with HIIT training, I was like, oh, everyone my age is doing HIIT training. Like HIIT's the thing. Mm -hmm. But I can't do it. My body just hates me for it. So why am I pushing myself to do this, you know? I think that's where we're so lucky is that, you know, you can do Pilates, which is a little bit, it's lower impact, but it still gives you that strength aspect. Mm -hmm. And I think I was so scared of gaining weight from not doing cardio training. Mm -hmm. Um, That was a big thing for me on why I didn't want to stop Mm -hmm. running. But I've noticed it's actually no different. I haven't put on weight, which is... (laughs) awesome and but, it's amazing um, how how good it is for strengthening your body pilates isn't it yeah but yeah. it's even like the stress on your body you know mm-hmm. there's or you know if you're more stressed you produce more cortisol and cortisol stores fat and all that stuff yeah so like it can actually work in the opposite way and now mm-hmm. i'm not like i think I'm, i was so used to just being tired all the time and if i wasn't tired i wasn't working hard enough but now mm-hmm actually having that energy is a game changer. So what was the process for you sort of coming out of that mindset, Margot? What's been that process? I think it's just been not comparing myself to others. Like I've always compared myself to Rosa and 
being really strong in my mind and being like, no, I'm a totally different person to Rosa and recognizing that and acknowledging that's been huge for me. And, you know, Rosa and I, we used to be joint to the hip. We were together all the time, but now as we've grown older and we've got partners and we've got different friends and, you know, I've really grown to be my own person. And I think that's so important because I used to be solely focused on my work life and, Rose and I would always talk about work and we'd always be together. We'd live together. Whereas now it's like really separating the work and life Yeah, nice. um, has been super important. So now I'm my own person. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. And it's these two experiences, you know, it's lots of different experiences, but it's these two big sort of experiences for you both that have really been the driving force behind the two Royal sisters. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I think, Rose, like you're saying, everyone has a story and everyone can relate to a story. And that's our sole focus with Two Real Sisters is relating to people. We try not get bogged down in the scientific facts, you know, where we love cooking and at the core of what we do, it's getting people to incorporate as whole unprocessed ingredients as possible to improve their gut health and therefore be the best person they can be. So it's sharing our stories in the hope that someone can relate in some way shape or form and then give them the physical tools on inspiring them and educating them on how they can incorporate these good nutrients into their bodies I think a big thing for us is you know we've both had negative experiences and relationships with food and we've restricted ourselves for so long and you know kind of put foods aside that we shouldn't eat or that we can't eat Whereas the whole idea of what we do is creating a healthy, sustainable lifestyle that people can maintain forever. It's not all about diets and Mm. restricting yourself and losing all this weight and then feeling shit about yourself because you've eaten a biscuit and then you Mm. think it's all all that hard work's done. And it's just, again, a vicious cycle and you put so much mental pressure, physical stress on yourself, Mm. and it's just not worth it. So giving recipes that people can feel good about eating and not have regret about mm. shouldn't have had that I should be having this well, I think um, it's like it's just yeah it's like workouts as well you know like we say all it is a welcome so we're not vegan or vegetarian ourselves and we don't do diets we don't encourage any sort of particular mm. diet same as us yeah yeah, it's about starting your meals with your plants rather than your meats. So many people start with their meat and then the plants are just the side mm. thing, whereas it's flipping that mindset. And it's just like changing things up. Some some nights you may have a vegetarian meal, some nights you may be meat. And it's 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 exactly it's the being same. being flexible, isn't it? And being able to live a life that's not restricting and not mm. focused mm. on negative things and your weight and all that type of stuff thinking positively and thinking what's going to make your life better it's exactly like workouts you know like rather than doing making yourself do hit sessions five times a week swap it up Mm. and make it a sustainable um like workout lifestyle for you and I love it how Kate you've got I've just obviously been starting your workouts do doing like a 20 minute session but you still get a sweat on you still feel mm. good about yourself um and that might be all you've got for that day you know you might not be able to fit in a 40 minute session but 20 minutes is enough you don't have to feel like you need to go and do another 20 minutes at the end of the day because you feel like you haven't done enough exercise yeah. you know it's again that whole pressure yeah and that it's you that- build and build up 
yeah and balancing everything else that you've got on in your life and making exercise and healthy eating a priority without it taking over yeah because i think so many people and we've all done it if you're eating healthy and you're making exercise a part of your life it becomes consuming but it needs to just be a a priority but Mm. not taking over yeah and that's what we try to do you know like we we don't want to be in the kitchen three times a day seven days a week and no one else wants to like just because we love cooking doesn't mean we want to cook all the time Mm. so that's with our recipes we like try and make them last at least three to four days so that you can make them at the start of the week Mm. and then you don't have to think about food again for four days Mm. yeah perfect um it can still be delicious and Mm. full of loads of textures and stuff but yeah. I'm so looking to... forward to making the um, satay broccoli. I'm going to make that this week. Yeah, I saw that you. Oh, so, good. so excited. So good. So easy. Okay, so just thinking about some things that we can pass on to our listeners in terms of um, life lessons. So, Rosa, what would be your best sort of life tips or advice that you'd pass on to people? Tough question. Tough well, question. I know. There could be more than one answer. I think a big thing for me Marg touched on this as well is not comparing myself and not being so hard on myself on how I feel what I look like sometimes some days you have a shit day and that's absolutely fine and you have I always call it like my toolbox like what can I do if I am having a shit day what can I do to make myself have a great day so you know I might go in and might need to do some meditation or something that's more calming um same if I'm stressed out at work and I feel like I've got 50 million things to do um and that I can't fit in in all of my day again I'll go in and you know what can I do to help myself not stress out as much it's one of those things that I find myself getting stressed about being stressed mm-hmm. it's like you you know it's like a double stress thing yeah um but if really not stressed, why am I not stressed like there must be something exactly. to do like what's going on Exactly. And, you know, what I always say is, like, if I don't get it done, is someone going to die? Or, is you know, like, what's, mm-hmm. Putting in, in, what's in the perspective. result of yep. it? Like, it's, you know, it's not the be all end all if I don't tick everything off my list that day and not to, you know, sit in my bed till the early hours of the morning trying to get it all done. Um, so that's a big thing for me is just looking after myself and not being so hard. Um, I've done that for eight years of my life puts immense immense amount of pressure on myself every single day and it wears you down and I just don't have the energy for that and I can put my energy into other things like spending time with my family and friends and having fun and socializing but yeah that aside also um the whole body image thing I've obviously struggled with that a lot over the last few years and well your body's did a lot of changing in a very short amount of time didn't it yeah, and that's the thing, you know, hearing people our age, you know, look back at photos of them two years ago and saying, oh, I was so skinny back then, I need to lose weight or I need to get my summer body again. Like for me, that is the worst thing that people can say because I have had to change my body and gain weight for a reason. Like for me to go through puberty and for me to have a future where I've got a healthy lifestyle and yeah that really is something that I struggle with when I hear people say that and you know people don't understand like when they say things like that that can trigger other people who have been through an eating disorder or a severe body image issue Mm -hmm. um so yeah just 
being happy with me and you know every, like Marg said everyone's body is so different like Marg and I between us we've got such different body types and you can't compare yourself to one another or to the girl that you follow on Instagram because at the end of the day whatever you put in your body you can't necessarily be exactly like them yeah and like you're saying alluding to two years ago I have to you know photo memories pop up for me too and it's yeah just yeah, not comparing yourself to yourself is a big thing too. I isn't know. It? Yeah. And that's the same, like, even with my running as well. Like, I'm like, don't compare your times to what they were five years ago because mm. you're a completely different person. Mm-hmm. I listen to this podcast. It's like you have 10 seconds to get that thought out of your head and say, no, mm. that doesn't matter right mm. now. And if you don't do it within that 10 seconds, it just is a, you know, you just, in your you mind. just think about mm, yeah. it all the time. But it's having that, like Rosa said, that toolbox to be like, no. That was me when I wasn't healthy. Mm. I wasn't happy. Yes, I was lighter, but I wasn't personality wise, I wasn't me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not mm-hmm. as happy as I am today. So that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And realizing like, those you know, thoughts are normal, it, isn't it? That yeah. we all mm-hmm. have some thoughts and it's what you do with it that's whether it impacts you or not. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Life's too short to think, oh, I look fat, you know, like, and I mean, that leads on to my tip your life tips yep, great. is like food wise everything in moderation you know like if I go out for dinner and I want some fried chicken or if I want mm. something unhealthy or a croissant from the market on a Saturday I'm gonna do it like because makes you happy people think oh, I'm going on this like healthy lifestyle journey and like we say, it's creating a lifestyle that you can maintain forever. So mm. many people go vegetarian and they're absolute meat lovers and hate it. And then they feel shit about themselves because mm. they haven't followed what they said mm. they would. Well, so you go all like you're saying with the workouts, Kate, and obviously the same with the eating. People just go all out and just cut everything out, exercise mm. twice a day, every single day, and think that they're doing something mm. good for themselves. But really, in and then the weeks, minute they yeah. miss something, yeah, so we're cut, I think they've ruined time, it. Yeah, exactly. In two weeks' time, you're going to be able to maintain that mm. mentally. <laughs> so many people are so up and down with that stuff, and like Rose is saying, we've been through that, and it's mm. not fun. So why don't we just maintain a happy lifestyle forever mm-hmm. and not not put ourselves down for eating something that we wanted to? You know, yeah. like it's just mm. it's such micromanaging with something that shouldn't be that way mm. like stressing about something you don't need to stress about you're not if you eat a pizza you're not going to gain five kgs the next day yeah, yeah. I think it's you really know? amazing that you guys can um share all this because it took me obviously it's a big thing about what I do um mm. but it took me till the age of about 30 and I'd had three kids by then to have worked it out and you guys mm. have worked it out sort of a lot sooner I guess it's because of your experiences that you went through mm-hmm. at you know a pretty young age yeah we feel so much older than we do mm-hmm. but we need to live we need to embrace our young years but, <laughs> yes. um, yeah I think it's because we have had no choice but to learn these things so early mm-hmm. and we're not people to sit around and dwell in what we're going through you know we're very strong-minded people and want to help ourselves and that's where we love to share our journeys and give our advice to Mm. everyone else who may not be as strong-minded and have that 
uh, motivation to really help themselves. We want to make it super easy for them. I think the people going through these things are also becoming a lot younger as well with all social media and, you know, body image around that. And this girl looks really nice in that dress. She's got skinny legs or she's got abs or she's got a good body, you know, and people start comparing themselves younger and younger Mm. and, I think that's where Marg and I, obviously, we went through it at a young stage and we know that there's a lot of other people who are going through something similar to what we went through and it's around that creating awareness Mm. and that everyone's body is unique. Be happy with who you are. Well, like just that simple thing, there's more to life than that. Mm. Like Rosa was so caught up in her running and if someone told her she couldn't have kids when she was in the middle of it, she probably wouldn't have cared. Mm. Oh, it's not in your radar at that age, is it? No, no. You only think about... Now you're, your next day. now you're out of it. It's mm. like, holy shit, if I didn't do that and I couldn't have kids, I'd be absolutely devastated. Mm. Yeah. So it's mm. just, you know, there's so much more to life than that tiny moment. That, this is so awesome, you guys. Um, so much intel to share with <laughs> others. And at such a young age, it's super impressive. So thank you so much for sharing your raw and real and emotive um, and caring thoughts and stories. Um, it's yeah, wonderful to speak to you today and very excited for our collaboration. Our um, challenge starts yeah. tomorrow, Monday the 27th of September, Pilates and yoga, which you can do, Margot. Yes, this is great. I will. This will be right up Margot's alley yes. and good yeah. for me as well. Perfect I love for your running training, Rosa. Yeah. Yes. I love the do it at home thing. Yeah. I think I realised during lockdown I can save so much time oh. by just getting up and doing it at home mm-hmm. rather it's than game changing, isn't it? For so yeah. long, people thought that um, our at-home workouts were just for people that live too far away from the gym or yeah, but, um, just for mums that can't get out of the house. But really, it is game-changing for anyone, isn't it? Yeah. I've, I stopped going to the gym maybe two months ago and just doing things at home. And it's, yeah, it's great. I love it. Just yeah. not having to chase the gym time. Just mm. do it when you want. Yeah. And if you've it. forgotten to put deodorant on, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> If you've so got good. a horrific workout face like me, doesn't matter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, girls. Thank you so much for your time, and we will catch up soon. Okay. Okay. Sounds See good. Later. See you. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast. I really appreciate the support. If you enjoyed this episode, you may enjoy some of our other ones. So try episode one from Anorexia to Motivating Thousands with Anna McDermott. Episode two, Body Inclusivity with Sophie Dillman and episode 5 No Support for Mental Health in Elite Sport with Maddie Hembry. That's the end of season 1 thank you all again so much for listening I'll be back at the end of October with season 2 in the meantime check out any episodes you've missed and also get in touch with any requests of guests you'd like to hear. Dedicate is the online health and fitness community and app for busy women. Everything we do is around long-term success, no quick fixes, no diets, making exercise a permanent and sustainable part of your life. Get your Dedicate two-week free trial and try our short and effective workouts and more at kateivyfitness.com. 